Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome to the first episode. I am so excited. Um, Today's episode, as you guys can see from the title, is called The Things We Learned From Our Mothers. So I know I dramatic, and I'm very extra, and I wanted to just hit the ground running with what I think is going to be one of the most interesting episodes this season. And in order to have a first interesting episode, I could think of literally no better guest than my good sis, um, who I will introduce to you in a minute. <laughs> and she is ready. <laughs> oh, I, I won't say ready, but just hearing you say that just made me feel so like fancy. <laughs> She's like, my good sis, yes. <laughs> so my good sis is... Um, a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. Um, and we actually have known each other for quite some time, but we never, I don't think we really took the opportunity to have like an in-depth conversation until this year. Um, and in that first conversation, we ended up talking about our mothers. Yes. So Ooh. that's why I chose this episode, this, this first <laughs> podcast. And the, just like the title alone is like, it for me, it's like, who Chile? Like the things we learn from our mothers, girl. All right. So now that you've heard her, and <laughs> some of you already know who this is, I will allow my guest to introduce herself. Hey, what's up? <laughs> no man. Hi. Um, I'm Diamond. I don't know Diamond Rita. Yeah. If you know me, you know me. If you don't know me, you don't know me. Get to know me. What's up? <laughs> I mean, what else should I say? I'll be modeling and stuff. You know. I'll be talking. <laughs> Mad shit. Absolute yeah, I shit. I'll be talking. Absolute shit. You know, that's the thing. It's like when people know me, they know me for like all the things I do, which is like the most. Literally, I'm just known for doing the most. I talk the most shit. If I decide randomly today I want to just partake in a photo shoot, I'm going to do the most, you know? Like I just, I'm just known for doing the most. That's just it. You guys see why we get along now, right? Okay. <laughs> So today's episode, again, is called The Things We Learned From Our Mothers, and we are going to be talking about relationships with with moms. Um, oh. The reason that this topic came about is because a lot of people assume that all women or most women have a perfect or, you know, good, affectionate, sisterly-ish relationship with, with their mothers. Oh. And for me and Diamond and for a lot of other women, that's not necessarily the reality. Or for a lot of women, you do have that loving relationship with your mother. Of course, it's your mother. You you love her to death. But there are certain things missing from the relationship. And we kind of want to explore that and talk about that and acknowledge that a lot of generational curses, we use that word a lot, mm-hmm. but a lot of those generational curses and things behaviors that we're trying to unlearn come from our mothers and their mothers um so that's what we want to talk about so yeah yeah, 
Diamond, if you don't mind starting, can you tell us a bit about your relationship with your mother? What is that like? Oh, my relationship with my mother is literally like an emotional roller coaster. It is like when it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's like I'm blocking your number. That's that's like in layman's terms, in a nutshell, that's the best way to describe my relationship with my mother. I love my mother to death and I would do anything for my mother. But I sometimes I could do without my mother. <laughs> like, and it sounds bad. And like, I didn't realize how abnormal my dynamic with my mother was until I was like in college. Just like the way my mother like speaks to us sometimes, us being her children, because I'm not an only child. Um, just the way, yeah, just like, just the way she speaks to us when she's angry or like the way she like, some of the expectations she has for us as her children. I'm just like, when I see it compared to like how other parents are with their kids or just even how my siblings are with their kids, I'm like, this is not okay. Like you, sis, what you doing? <laughs> like, why are you talking to me like this? I'm your child, you know? Or like, why do you expect this type of behavior or this random thing from me? I'm your child. Like, this isn't my place in your life. I'm not, I want to use an example without ex talking too much about our family business. You know what I mean? It's just certain things. I'm just like, girl, I could do without this. You know, it's just like, a, a good word is just like it's it's toxic a lot of the dynamic between my mother and I is just toxic and I'm like over it the things that are bad I'm just like I, I cannot tolerate I think for me um I have or I have had a generally good relationship with my mother mm -hmm. um but as I got older I realized that there were certain things that I've been needing from her as I get older, things like affection, things like transparency and talking about certain things that I can't get now because I didn't really get before. Mm -hmm. um, and even though she's a great mom, she's of course a provider, like she's, she's really a phenomenal person, but in terms of just the things that I think I've been wanting or needing from that mother-daughter relationship I didn't get because she's not the most physically or verbally affectionate person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need that. Or I think when you get in spaces where you're talking to other people and you hear about their relationships with their mothers, you realize how different yours is and I think a part of it for us too is having Caribbean mothers mm -hmm. where our parents are not necessarily the most affectionate they it's like a tough love situation mm -hmm. I guess yeah so and I didn't realize how much I did not like that aspect of our relationship until I got older and was like I wish I could talk about this thing with my mother or why don't I hug my mother like that's weird. Right. You know, stuff like that you don't think about until you get older and you're like, this is missing. Like, why don't we have this? Okay. Why is this the situation? <laughs> when you realize that stuff, when you get older, you start to get angry. You start to get frustrated. Yeah. You don't know how to verbalize it because it's like, how do I express that this is now a problem for me mm -hmm. at 26 when I've never spoken up about it? How is my mother going to react to this? And then the thing is, how can you even speak up about it? before yeah. 26 because you're real realizing this at 26 remember I said I realized my issues with my mother when I was in college so I was about like 18 19 and I had this laptop and 
granted, I bought it for myself, okay? And my mom wanted to use it, and I was using it. And when I said, oh, hey, I'm using it, like, maybe you could use it later or something, like, you know, like, not in a disrespectful way, just like in a, hey, mom, I would love to let you use my laptop, but I'm in the middle of using it. The way, <laughs> the way sis went off on me, like, pop off. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, granted, I'm on the phone with my my sister. Like, she, we, she and I have been friends since, like, kindergarten. We At this point, it's, like, for us, it's odd to call each other friends. We're sisters, right? So I'm on the phone with my sister, Nikki, and she's like, wait, why mommy talking to you like that? And I'm like, and I just brush it off, like, oh, she, she upset because, you know, I she wants to use my laptop by using it. And she's like, but what? But she don't have to speak to you like that. Like that's like that's how mommy to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, like, like okay. And and she's just like, wow. Like and she was just like, that's like I don't know how I would feel if that's how my mother spoke to me. And she wasn't judgy or anything. She wasn't judgmental. She just was in such shock that my mother was talking to me the way she was, and like, just just yelling. And I was just like well goddamn <laughs> like you know and then I just started to think about it and then for that because it was never in my frame of reference until that moment that my mother was verbally abusive and low-key emotionally abusive and so like in that moment once I realized that I started to pay attention to the way other people's parents just genuinely had respect for them I was like this is some bullshit like and then I started to realize like yes this is your mother but that doesn't mean you have to tolerate disrespect from her like I I understand like you're my parent I have to honor you and stuff but in the same breath you kind of still have to have respect for me if not as anything just as an adult just as a human like if you are of the mindset that like hey you're my child I gave birth to you and I could do you what I want that's one thing but I'm not a child anymore I'm your daughter (laughs) I am your adult daughter and I would like for you to speak to me with some level of decency, like just something, you know? So from there, it just kind of like, like you said, it just makes you angry. Cause I'm just like, it just, it pissed me off to know that like, this is what, how my mother to treat people. You know what I mean? And for me, it's just like the people that you respect, you don't talk to like this, you know what I mean? But you don't talk to your kids like this. You don't talk to strangers on the street that you don't know like this. So it's just that among other things. But for me, my biggest thing with my mother is the lack of respect she has for other humans. For me, it was with my mom. Um, I remember I, it was a few years ago. I can't even remember when this documentary came out. It was about Lisa Lefty Lopez. After she died, this documentary came out about her and about her time in Honduras before she died. And she was talking about her relationship with her father and how it was so complicated and she felt like he was so harsh with her. And she said she wanted to get pissed off with him. And then she thought, well, what did his mother do to him? And what did her mother do to her? And ever since I saw that like scene, I always ask myself, like, well, what did my mother's mother do to her? Mm-hmm. And my grandmother did not raise my mother. Mm. She essentially abandoned her. Um, And my mother was raised by her father and her grandmother. 
So there's a certain distance between me and my my mother where even though she was very hands-on, raised us, was there for like all the band performances, like my mom was a band mom and everything. But in terms of the emotional connection, I think to an extent, my mother did not allow herself and it's to connect. She lacked that because she didn't get that from her yeah. mom. So she didn't know how to do that as a mother. Right. And I'll never forget <laughs> So my mom is very, um, she's big on disappointment. So when you do something or, um, you know, when you do something that she doesn't approve of, you will swear it's like the end of the wall. Like <laughs> I remember when I was 14 or 15, no, I, I probably was younger. I became involved with a boy who was much older than me, even though I didn't know, I did not know how old he really was because he was still in Central. Didn't we all do that and at some point? <laughs> like, yes. I think we all were involved with somebody older than us. <laughs> exactly. The thing is, he lied to me about how old he really was um, because I guess he was ashamed of his age and the fact that he was still in Central. I too would be ashamed. So, exactly. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, boy, you should have been ashamed. Anyway, <laughs> but I, you know, remember liking this boy and, and, you know, I was young and I was like, oh, I have a boyfriend, very cute, whatever. And at the time, Woodson and um, Elena, we were in double session. So I wouldn't go to school until 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon. I would be at home. So he came to see me with his friend and you know, we were standing outside talking, nothing else, literally talking. And a neighbor of mine goes to my mother, literally goes to her job to tell my mother that I was outside with some young man. And she knew the young man, so she knew how old he was. You don't just Tells love growing up in the Caribbean? <laughs> yes. That's such, a, that's such a Caribbean experience. It really is. <laughs> Went to my mother's job and told her, the whole rundown, but also added that I was kissing up on the boy and leaning up in his just yeah. That too is a Caribbean so, experience. Yeah, embellishing like just. And I remember my mother when I came home on the bus was at the bus stop, and my heart like literally dropped to my ass because I knew talking to man. <laughs> I was like. I have never seen Maria pull up to this bus stop. Something is wrong. So she took me for a drive. And when I mean she tore my ass a new one in a car, like she cost me for a full maybe hour and a half in this car. Did not even. And I think that's the moment my relationship with her kind of started to suffer because she didn't even let me explain. explain. She didn't ask me. Who was this boy? What were you doing? She cost me from the time I got in the car until the time we got home. Did I didn't even get a word in. And I remember her saying, when you turn 18 and you want to do whatever you want, and you want to have sex with men and do this and do that, you could do whatever you want. And it broke my heart because I was like, I'm a virgin. What are right. you talking Next about? Like, I was like, how we get from me being like, this young innocent girl who have a boyfriend to me have it like where did whoa I would expect <laughs> the worst yes <sighs> and I will never forget you know when that whole thing happened everybody were all disappointed in me because they had her version of the story so now not only does my mother Your think aunties? I'm like this loose child 
I talked to my father afterwards and my father was like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. You're doing things you weren't supposed to do. And I said, but daddy, I didn't do anything. And he was like, well, tell me what happened. And in that moment, I felt so like, well, shit, thank, thank you. you. Somebody is asking me what happened yeah. and not accusing me of anything. And from since then, I've more or less had like a closer, <laughs> more emotional relationship with, well, I've always had a more emotional relationship with my father, but I've always remembered throughout my life, my mother would say, oh, you, you know, your father is your, your favorite. Like you're, you're a daddy's girl. You, that's your, you know, that's your everything right there. But situations like that in that moment, the way that he approached me versus the way she approached the situation, those are things I wish I could tell her, like, the reason he's my quote unquote favorite, the reason me and him have a closer relationship is because in that moment he gave me, he was a parent. He gave me emotional support. He asked me what happened. He treated me like a person. I trusted you. Trusted me. You took the word of another woman. Who probably don't even like and, you. And made up that whole back end of the story to make her listen. like a parent. Because that's how these petty ass Caribbean parents are. Excuse my language. Can we curse? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is Hey Isa's podcast. We can say whatever the fuck oh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, but Diamond, I swear to this day, I don't look at a woman. I don't talk to her. Sorry to that woman. If I see her on the street, Sorry I wouldn't know who she man. is. <laughs> yeah, like in that moment, it was like, you are my mother. In that moment, I needed your empathy. I needed you to listen. And I think that's an experience a lot of women have with their mothers, especially when it comes to things like men and sex and this idea of being loose and fast, like we're judged so harshly from the very beginning. We're held to such a higher standard by fathers too, but especially our mothers. Right. Because there's a lot of internalized misogyny. There's, yeah. oh my God, this could go so deep. No, but, but it's true. Yeah. And that really started to affect my relationship with her. And that was the moment. I never used to hide anything from my mother. Never used to sneak never would break the rules of her house from that day, from that moment where I saw that regardless of how good I had been, she didn't give a shit. As soon as somebody else told her that there was a version of me that yeah. was out here doing crazy, she believed that version. So for that. So I didn't care. Yeah. And I just stopped doing whatever I wanted to do from that moment. Not like I was out here really wilding, but, but still. I used to skip school and sneak out the house. Like I had never even thought of doing right. that before that moment. Fortunately for me, that's where I adored my mother. She had so much trust for me and my sister. Nobody couldn't come. She, no, granted, if somebody had come to her and said, well, your, would that woman come to your mother and say, Katrin would have come and looked at tear me a new ass. But if I had said, mommy, first of all, I'm, I'm Katrin's child that would have stopped her and said, that woman lying on me and she would have, and then at that point she would have said, okay, what happened? Because me, like, like I said, my mother, she crazy. Okay. She used to cuss us down. Okay. She used to fling hands off. But one thing I, we felt confident enough to do was defend ourselves against lies. Growing up in our household, my mother didn't hold no bars. She spoke to us about sex. She spoke to us about our menstrual cycle. I was shook to find out that a lot of girls did it weren't prepared for their cycles you know i wasn't see i was like my mother spoke to us about it from early because my mom 
she got her first one at a young age. So she started preparing us for hours around like 10, 11. And my, my period talk came the day it came. My mother had a, I was like, what the fuck is happening to Mm me? I am dying. There is blood. Help me. Mm. And my mother was just like, here's how you put on a pad. Text some Advil, go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like... No, man. That's the one thing I adore about my mother. She she was... Uh, those things, those those talks that are typically uncomfortable, she was she was open and honest with us about. And we felt comfortable going to her to ask her the most random shit. Um, she did have rules. And because she was so honest and she would give us a why for, for most things, we were we were good about following the rules. So, for example, in Catherine House, we wasn't allowed to have no boyfriend. But she said, hey, in the 11th grade, that is when you can start dating. My mother was candid about the sex stuff. She was like, y'all are human. Y'all are going to want to explore sex. I am not comfortable with you guys being sexually active until you graduate high school. So whatever age that is, that is when you can start exploring being sexually active. Until then not under my roof we definitely follow those rules and again she would tell us why so for her it was hey sex equals pregnancy if you're not safe sex um sex equals stds if you're not safe <laughs> you know what i mean like she's like you're not emotionally prepared for sex you know she's like there's so much that comes with being sexually active so wait you know and with that i was like okay all right i can compromise with you on that so I didn't feel the need to sneak around. I used to see stuff. Like I, I would, I witnessed my mother's relationship, which I did not enjoy watching. I witnessed a lot of the girls in school going through the bullshit, the way people used to treat each other. And I'm since from a very young age, I've been the person that learns from other people's mistakes. That's why we were able to have that kind of good relationship with my mother. Cause she was the parent where like, if I said, mommy, I want to go village. All right, cool. No problem. We ain't got no coffee. None of that. Because she just really trusted us. To this day, I don't understand why she yeah. trusts us so much. I mean, I know why, because we didn't give her a reason not to. But still, like, I wasn't going to be trusting my teenagers. Like, me and Deidre could have really been doing some foul shit as teenagers. You know what I mean? Like, we really could have been. I was, anyway. <laughs> but God bless mommy heart. She really, she really had trust her kids. Like, and yeah. she trusted us to the point where only certain things she would believe from other people but she knew us to a fault and maybe she knew she could trust us because she instilled the fear of god in us like i was like Catherine would kill me and and the thing is my mother was a law enforcement officer on saint Croix too so it's like she had connections everywhere i knew not to get into anything that would require them to bring me back to her <sighs> because i did fear her like you know she had those rules she did trust us to an extent we didn't we didn't have a strict household to where we wasn't allowed to go out. She was very lenient with a lot of things, but conversations like how you were talking about with the sex thing. I don't know how old I was when I asked my mother, and it, it was probably a really stupid question, but I asked my mother how old she was when she lost her virginity. Oh, God. <laughs> I must have been like 10. I don't, I don't know what the hell compelled me to ask this woman. And she got so upset. And that's the thing. My mom sometimes, I think, just didn't know how to react or how to have certain conversations with me. So she would get pissed off. But in that moment, I was like, well, I ain't asking she nothing about sex ever again. And when it came time for, for me to go through that process, I experienced like a very negative experience. Like 
when it came to sex, I don't think I started having a healthy relationship or view of of sex and sexuality until maybe five years ago, <laughs> like well into like my young adulthood when I was on the internet and, you know, there was more things about, about feminism and women were being more open with the, this whole idea of sexuality. Right. Honestly, I feel like in terms of womanhood, in terms of sex and relationships and the conversations that I should have had with my mother, Twitter and black women on the internet raised me in that Ooh. aspect where I should have had those conversations with, with her, her, which is why now I feel like that as like, there's a disconnect there in yeah. terms of that part of the relationship in terms of just overall her raising me, her providing her being like a great example of, of what a sole provider is in household. Like my mother have that down pack. I respect her fully. I love her to mm-hmm. death. But in terms of me becoming a woman, the things that I want to teach my daughter, if I ever have one, it's like, I feel like I start in from scratch. Oh. Like I don't have that conversation to go back on with my mother. Like if my daughter asks me, well, did you have the sex talk with, with grandma? I'm going to be like, hell no. <laughs> she cussed me <laughs> out in a car. So yeah. And you know, that's the, that's what I'm trying to navigate now. Those are things that I've talked about in therapy too. Like, do I, is this something that I get mad at my mother for? Is this something I have a conversation with her about? How do I begin to fix that? Because when people get to a certain age and you try to call them out on certain things or just talk to them on certain things, it feels like they're being attacked. And as a parent, I feel like she's going to feel like me questioning those aspects of our relationship is me questioning her as a mother entirely yeah. where it that's, where that's not, not the case. you know it's what i would like, be hey, trying to as build. a mother these are the areas where you excelled and as a mother these are the areas where you failed miserably and we just need to address where you need improvement that's all i think i think especially and i'll say well, Caribbean mothers are black mothers, but African American and Caribbean mothers, parents in general, need to accept. They're very different, but they also have the the commonality where they need to accept that just because you raised a child, just because I didn't go to jail, I went to college, I'm successful, I am more or less mentally fit, does not mean that I am not allowed to bring up certain things where you just did not do your best. Right as a parent, like, I think parents feel I put food in your mouth and a roof over your head. And that was my job. And that's it. And whatever emotional quarrels you have now, you're not allowed to bring that to me because that's That's disrespectful. disrespectful. And they don't feel they have to apologize. That's the one that that's the one I can't take. I'll, I'll tell you an experience I had with my mom once. One day we were talking on the phone. I don't even know what we were talking about, but she, randomly said hey I want to apologize for anything I've ever done it was a very vague apology it was just one of those like gloss over apologies like hey if I've ever done anything to disappoint you or upset you as a mom I apologize and I'm just like okay thanks for the apology right like that was great that was great thanks Thanks, but it's just like but do do you you know know what what you did? did because it 
it just it didn't feel like enough. It didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like, hey, I'm taking accountability for this, 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 this and this thing that I did that negatively impacted your experience as a woman or as my child. It was just like a hey, I think I'm aware of things I might have done to like fuck your life up or fuck up fuck you up mentally. And I apologize. And just leave it alone. And I'm just like, oh, okay, girl. <laughs> like, now, granted, I, I felt like I was required to be grateful for that apology because that was, I don't think I've ever heard my mother apologize for anything in my life. And so, like, when she apologized, I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But we've never really addressed what our issues are as mother and daughter. Like, and I don't think we ever will because, like, anytime me and my mother fall out, it'll typically be for the same thing. It'll be for the same action, but just with a different theme. Not knowing how to speak to me in a way that makes me comfortable or not knowing how to speak to me without using abusive language. And I don't feel the need to raise the issue or to continuously say, hey, mommy, the reason why we cannot get along is because you speak to me like I'm a fucking slave <laughs> or you speak to me like I am just like, like it's okay to abuse people. So the other day I was watching um, the Red Table Talk and it was the episode where I want to say Demi Moore came on and they were just talking about motherhood and relationships with, with mothers and daughters. And at one point in the episode, I, I don't know what the hell came over me, but Jada Pinkett turned to her daughter and said that there were certain aspects that she looks back on where she... Willow would have like her emotional moments and Jada would kind of be dismissive and tell her, well, you need to go over there and like get your shit together. And she was like, she literally turned to Willow and was like, in those moments, I was not there for you the way you needed me to be. And for that, I am sorry. I you and I swear, I, lo I lose my shit. Like boohoo, you would swear Jada apologized to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I broke down crying and I think... The reason I cried is because in that moment, I realized I don't think that I will ever get that apology yep, from my mother. Same. And I'm at the point now where I have to, in order to move on, I have to accept that I either won't get it or I need to find a way to not need it from and her. And that's the hard part is not needing it. Yesterday, I experienced something with my mother that made me say, you know what? And it wasn't with her directly. It was a message that was related to me from my mother. It made me extremely emotional and it made me sad. Like, like not emotional in the sense of like, of course I was angry and stuff, but the greatest emotion that came from that was sadness. Right. And in that moment, I said to myself, you know what, Diamond, this is who she is. And at this point, like I am aware that there is no human on earth that I can ever change. Not even my future kids. So I damn sure can't change my mother. And for me, I said, you know what? You now have to do what you could do to either to heal from all the fuck shit that came with being her child, but also learn how not to need her and how to realize like, hey, this is how your mother is as a person. And you, it's likely, it's very likely that you do not like this person. 
So you now have to figure out how to live a healthy and happy life without this person's in this role of mother or friend or whatever. Just like you literally have to figure out a way to eliminate this from your life because it's just not going to work. It's not going to ever work. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to be a female and have a living mother that you that you know cuz i i can't imagine what kids who don't have parents who don't have mothers i can't imagine what their life is like but speaking as a woman who has a mother who's on earth and i know that woman like i grew up in her house and everything and i realized like she is just not there for me in the way that i want her to be as a mother that's very painful very painful it is and i've spoken to friends about it i actually have a friend um and I hope he's listening to this because if not, they're going to cuss you out. <laughs> but I have a friend who he lost his mom a long time ago. And when I talk to him or we've had conversations about my frustration, you know, with my mom and he's like, at the end of the day, that's your mom and you need to be grateful. And, you know, you 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 just need to appreciate the fact that she here, she's here because I don't have my mom. And I've told him, I understand that. And I appreciate my mother and I'm grateful for my mother. But at the end of the day, the relationship that I'm searching for with my mother is not there. And I have to learn to move on from that in order to protect myself. But also so that when I have a daughter, I'm not treating her in some way or there's no disconnect between me and her because of the relationship I didn't right. get with And repeating mother. the same cycles of abuse. One thing I hate is when people say, that's still your mother or that's still your father or just deal with it. And it's just like, yeah, just deal with it, but deal with it in a deal with it in a way where it doesn't continuously cause more trauma. Like I don't want to keep adding right. piling on more more trauma, like or more pain. Like it's like, yeah, that's my mother, but right. I should not have to endure unnecessary abuse. Like I, I appreciate the whole honor thy father and thy mother, but I also firmly believe that I also have to honor but the myself. Bible, that same Bible and... says parents should not cause their kids to wrath. Exactly. How can you, how can I honor you if, if you're causing me to like, to feel any type of ill will toward you or any type of bad feelings, like anything other than good, like, why would I even want to be involved with you? It's always a difficult topic for me because again, going back, it's when I talk about my mom or just the things that I think are missing, people always interpret it as I am shit talking my mother or people think that I have this horrible relationship with Maria when I really don't. I just, there's a distance that I feel from her um, or just inter. So I'll, I'll go on a topic of physical affection. I have never been a very physically affectionate person. Um, I don't really like to be hugged by friends, especially female friends. I don't like, and I've noticed there are female friends who have that dynamic where they're always hugging or they just are really just all up on each other and it's a normal thing right. for them. Whereas for me, I tie physical affection to relationships uh, with, you know, somebody who is your partner. Romantic, I don't yeah. see it. Yeah. I, my sisters and I don't hug each other and we're all that way. We don't like being hugged. We don't like hugging people. My sisters and I are not affectionate with that with each other we don't take the time to be like yo i love you and i miss you now we kind of i think we've we've all started to realize it's where it's coming from and why we need to fix it so we it's funny now because now we're gonna be like i about to hug you are you prepared <laughs> you good 
we we're trying to kind of repair that because now my eldest sister has a daughter she's 12 i don't want my niece to grow up in a world where her aunts don't hug her or if she has friends she doesn't hug them because she's like us i don't want to pass that down to her if i have a daughter same thing um and i think it hit me you know when my friends started to have kids and the reality of me having children someday if i really wanted to came about i was like yo what if my child wants to hug me one day and i'm like get the fuck away from me (laughs) i'm like and it really made me sad diamond i swear the minute i think about it i wanted to cry because i was like what if i do that right so i'm like i need to break whatever this is i need to get out of this behavior i need to fix it and it's funny because I, I was like, so where does this non-affectionate thing come from? And and just to be transparent, and I will talk about this more on the podcast in the future, but I've been sexually assaulted before. So initially I thought that's where it came from, the sexual assault. But I was like, but if that was the case, I would not like men, men touching, touching you, yeah. me. And I know it manifests itself in different ways, how you react to experiences like that. And it's been multiple experiences, but... I've never had an issue with romantic partners. It's always women. It's always my friendships, my sisters. So this past August, I went to my sister's wedding. My mom was sitting on the couch. And, you know, I'm playing around with my mom. I come and I lay my head on her lap. And I was like, love me. And I grab her arm. And I didn't grab it hard. I just tried to pull her arm around. And my mother snatched her hand away. And I swear to you, in that moment, I felt like absolute shit. And I know my mother probably didn't even realize that she did that. But when she did, I was like, that's why. She doesn't. And then me and my sister were joking about it. And we was like, yo, we only hug at airports. And when I thought back, I was like, I can count the amount of times I have hugged my mother. Wow. And airports have been a lot of places. Wow. And I'm just like, yo, this is insane. And I look at my friends with kids and how they'll pick up their kids and kiss up on them and hug them. I look at especially Tasha. When I look at her and Sage. Yeah. And I'm like, I did not get that, which is why when when even when my friends are like just reaching out to hug me for something like it's not my response to hug them back it's just not and it's like yo i how do i begin unlearning that behavior so that when i have a child and they want affection or how do i even teach my child that that's normal it's not for me i think the best thing about it is that you're aware and making the effort to fix it you know like for me, my toxic, one of the toxic traits I picked up from my upbringing was how I respond to any type of discomfort or what I deem to be like mistreatment or anything. So for me, I, and the only thing I have different between my mom and I is like, my mom will pop quick, like a, like, like a cannon, right? I will let it build up, distance myself. I will pull away. I will let it build up because I don't want to always be so reactive. But when I can't take anymore, I have nothing nice to say to you. Like, I am going to say exactly what's on my mind in the exact way that, like, the first way it could come out. And and I don't like that. Like, I don't like yelling at people. My mother, she was affectionate and all that. I didn't have that issue. But the way my mother would talk to people, my son, I don't like it. And I don't like that I have that from her. Like, that 
that um short fuse what is it like a short tempered kind of thing i have it i feel like i have more control of my temper than my mother but still when i lose control it's bad like it will fuck up a relationship forever <laughs> you know and i don't like that i don't like it at all i think my thing from my mom that i got something i i dislike is how i react to disappointment or how i treat when a situation is not to my liking. Um, and it's funny because the only way I even realized that this was a problem was when my boyfriend called me out on it. Um, we were just talking about chores and, you know, responsibilities around the house. And he was like, I feel like when I don't do something, you act like I've just fucked your life up and it's the but end of did. the world. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if you had just folded the damn laundry, if you had just closed the lid on the hamper. Right. And he's like, you, you act so disappointed in me. And when he said that, like, I really thought about it and I was like, do I? Like, it don't, you don't be shame. I might be. You don't be shame. I don't be shame. <laughs> I don't be embarrassed. I'd be like, shit. Am I, am I really that bad? No, but. <laughs> and when we talked about it, I even started to cry. I was like, when we used to not do something that my mother asked us to do, or when we just used to disappoint her, just the slightest disappointment, going back to that conversation in the car, the way she would react is like, you have you are the worst person in the world. You deliberately disobeyed you, you me. You deliberately like, disobeyed me. Like, like, her voice. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. And she would legit, like, get mad. It wasn't like, you know, when a parent gets disappointed in a child and then they come back and explain to them, like, okay, I asked you to do this. You didn't do this. This is why I'm upset. My mother would act like you punch her in the face, like, for not washing the damn pot on the stove. And she just, she reacts to everything with such a high level of disappointment that I internalize it. And now like if Steven does the laundry and forgets to fold the last load out the dryer, I legit used to just get pissed off and hold a grudge and be like, I'm, you fuck up the rest of my night. Cause you didn't fold this last thing. And how dare you not do the laundry to my standard, the way Having I want it. Just from that one conversation I had with him, I just thought about all my other relationships with other people, how I will literally stop talking to people if I feel like they are going to continue to disappoint me. I don't give people room it, to not be right. to my and it's level. funny that you said that because I was literally just about to ask you, how has your, the behaviors you adapted from your mom, how have they impacted your, your relationships with friends or lovers or whatever because like I know for me and this is again something I realized yesterday through my most recent experience with my mom that the way the relationship I have with my mom and the way my mother tends to treat us sometimes or most times I realized that it made it it makes it difficult for me to know when somebody likes me or not or when somebody loves me or not because a lot of the ways that my mom treated me, I know my mother loves me. It's just the way she loves me is just not the best. <laughs> you know, like the way you, the way you treat me, despite the fact that you have so much love for me is not okay. And so what it did is for me, I realized it created this warped sense of what love is. So for me, it's like, I, I'm so much more tolerant of things that I should have zero tolerance for because 
I'm so used to certain types of treatment from the person who's supposed to love me the most. And so, like, now I have this whole thing where, like, I want to know these things about other people. Like, how how your relationship with your mother impact your other types of love? I think it, it kind of impacted it in, in two ways. So, one, Stephen is my longest relationship. So, this is the first time I'm really getting to the point with a partner where I live with them and I'm seeing those things come about. But before that, one, I develop anxiety because of my relationship with my mother. Like, that's where my, I don't know if it's hereditary because I, I want to believe that she's been diagnosed with anxiety too. We just never had that conversation. And I avoid confrontation because of my mother, because she's very passive aggressive. On top of the whole disappointment thing, she won't directly address her disappointment with you. She will hold a grudge. She will stop talking to you. She will go in her room and be quiet for the rest of the night. She will not come to you and say, yeah, she will not come to you and say, I am upset with you because you did this, this, and that. Please do better. Nothing. She will stop talking to you. But on the other end, she is a people pleaser wow. because she wants to avoid confrontation. So a lot of my early relationships, I was in situationships. I was not the girlfriend. I was the girl trying to be the, girl, the girlfriend. I was cheated on and in my last relationship before Steven, I was allowing oh. it because I did not want to lose this person because I so desperately wanted to be loved and wanted not to confront him and wanted to be a people pleaser. So that's how it initially affected my relationships. I would want men to want me back so desperately that I was anything. allowing anything. At the, just the minimum. The bar was oh. low. Okay? Now, if a man tell me, are you cute? The ego I have now, but it took years to develop, I'll be like, bitch, I know I'm cute. Like, what are you talking cute about? Like, monkeys. I'm gorgeous. The fuck? Back then, a man would tell me, you know, you're cute, right? And I'll be like, oh my God, he called me cute. And I would think about it for the rest of the day. And I would be like, what do I need to do for this person now that they <laughs> call me cute? They've bestowed this great honor upon me. <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> As I said, they have bestowed this great honor upon me. I swear to you, that is how I would react. That is how I would react. Like, you would swear this man buy me, like, the world's greatest gift or nothing. These... Looking back, I would wonder, like, why was I so enamored with this person? This person didn't do shit for me. No. But all they gave me was attention and words and affirmation that I was yeah. not getting anywhere else. I hear that. So, yeah. And I was quick to, in the past, to blame my father because my parents got divorced. My father, you know, we live with my mom instead of him. And because of that, I just wanted to go with a narrative of, oh, I have daddy issues. My father abandoned me. But he really right. didn't. We had a relationship. The person oh, who I lived yes. with was <laughs> yeah, emotionally, yeah. So I was trying to get from from other people, and trust me. And the relationship I'm in now, it's taken work. We had to learn okay. a lot of things and work through some shit. But mm. it's a lot better. But I still have a lot of habits yeah. that I got from my mother. Yeah, I have a lot of habits, and and it's 
it's a nature versus nurture thing for me by nature i know that i'm like some of like my introverted tendencies are are, are a matter of nature and nurture because my mother is as mean as she could be she is like 10 times as like as kind so the nice parts of her are like so amazing and i got that from her and i appreciate that but like i said the the things the the mean streaks it's like who child i could do without this like somebody want to come take this relationship wise i know some of the things that i saw growing up kind of built up my tolerance now so a lot of the stuff that i saw i'm like oh that that ain't gonna be me like i said like realizing what my temper is like and my reaction to things the yelling and the this and the, the the name calling and all of that because i know how it made me feel i don't want to inflict that kind of pain on somebody else so i try to be very conscious of it i also am very like sometimes i'm like overly apologetic because of the fact that growing up my mom was not she wasn't apologizing for shit those are things that i'm hyper aware of because my mom just wasn't and she still isn't to this day and sometimes it's like she just don't care and i don't want to be that you know so it's like some things you learn from her in a sense of like it was taught or it was instilled in you and then others you learn because it wasn't and you learn like you know what i mean like because it was missing you ended up finding it out elsewhere and that was another thing you learned from your mother indirectly when i try to verbally express especially when i'm angry or i feel strongly about something i'm so used to not doing that because in my house it was normal to just keep that shit to yourself go somewhere else deal with it be passive aggressive and nobody ever talks about it then now when it when somebody like asked me to talk about how i feel It'll feel yes. like somebody choking me. And when I try to talk and get it out, I have to cry. Because if I don't cry, right. I can't talk. Which is why when people text me or say, hey, call me. I want to talk to you about something. I'd, I'd be like, please text me. Because if it's something bad, I can sit there and think about. And this is why everybody's like, you're such a good writer. Yeah, because that's all I do. If I can text you what is on my mind and how I feel, I go say everything I need to say without you ever having cry, to see me yeah. cry about anything. But if you ask me to verbally express it, I'm going to cry because I still haven't gotten to the point where I can speak openly and express myself and feel strongly about something without crying because I feel guilty for expressing, for expressing my feelings. Mm. So now, and again, it comes from my relationship. This boy wants to talk about mm. everything. He needs to talk everything through, which is good. We have a great com level of communication in our relationship. And now it's funny because he'll walk up and be like, hey, Isa, what's wrong? And I'll hold it back and be like, I don't want to cry. Like, I just, let's talk about it later. And he'll be like, hey, Isa, if you have to cry, Aww. cry. But talk about it. Say what you need to say. So he's slowly right. like gaining me in the habit of talking about it. But yeah, that's that's one thing that it was always difficult for me to do. Yeah. It's just talk. And it's funny because people think that I just am mm. the most well spoken. It takes it takes a lot for me to express my thoughts. Like, for example, the Miss Universe article. <laughs> I'm still shook. You literally went off. Okay. It but, was difficult. And I the reason I struggle with that article, it was it wasn't difficult to write it. 
I struggle with the idea of that should have been a conversation that I had with my former right. boss. But I knew if I had to have that conversation with her, I would have cried. So I couldn't. Right. So I chose to write about it so that I could say what I needed to say without being seen as sensitive or emotional or I just feel some type of way. I needed to do it yeah. the way I knew how to do it. And that's just how I function. And I'm trying to get out of that because, again, when I have a child, if my child frustrates me, if there's something difficult I have to talk to them about, I have to be (laughs) able Right. Like, they're going to be like, Mama, I was fucking crying. And for me, tears is just a physical form of emotion. Like, it's just an emotion that you can actually see, you know? It's, It's funny. I've been wanting to have this conversation for so long, but a part of it, too, has been, like, I am scared scared. to fucking death that my mother is going to choose to listen to this podcast and tear my ass a new one. But you know what? It's okay, mommy. I love you. And um, I don't know how, I don't know what the response would be if my mom heard this. And I would hope that if she did hear it, that she would, that she would not take it as an attack or any kind of malicious anything. I just take it as this is the experience that one of my daughters had being my daughter and want to address it or fix it i think people need to realize that when it comes to motherhood or when it comes to a lot of things just because you tried your best just because you think you did a good job at something doesn't mean that you're far or or just incapable of being critiqued in any way or having made some mistakes and it doesn't mean that the other person's experience was what you wanted it to be I think every mother wants to be seen as the perfect mom or a great mom. I think every mother wants to believe that their child just adores them and worships the ground that they walk on. And again, I love my mother, but there are things that are missing that I wish I had and that I am beginning to accept probably won't happen. And I think that's okay. At first I was pissed off about it. And I got sad and I was envious of other people and I was debating, like calling my mother one day and popping off (laughs) and being like, you didn't do this. But also my mother has trauma the same way I have trauma from different experiences in my life that she needs to unpack. The difference is that my mother did not grow up in a world where words like trauma were common. She didn't grow up in a world where people told you therapy is wonderful. You should go. The the part that gets me is, you didn't, but now you have an opportunity. But unlearning that and accepting that you have the opportunity at 60 versus accepting Two it at 26. Things. And with that, like I, for me, like Two I said, different. the decision I've come to with my mom is just like, hey, you know what? This is how your actions impact me. And this is how I'm going to deal with it moving forward. So for me, like I said, I don't like the emotional and verbal abuse, right? I get it. There's a reason behind it. Your unpacked trauma. Well, guess what? You have an opportunity. And if you choose not to cash in on that, that's none of my business. But I'm not going to sit here and continue taking exactly. it. So I've made a decision and I have like I I I have like this like 10 year open letter <laughs> to my mother that I would just keep adding adding to, just keep adding notes to. And I feel like once I'm done with it, I'd send it to her or if not, oh, well. But part of it is just to be like, like part of that letter is just emphasizing like, hey, I have no intention on trying to 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 rekindle anything 
until you fix what's going on with you. Because until you fix those things with you, you're never going to be able to treat people the way they, they want to or deserve to be treated. And that's just where I'm at now. Like, that's where I'm at with my relationship with my mother. I love you to death. I respect you as my mother and just as a, as a human. However, I'm not going to stick around and be treat, mistreated by anyone, not even you. And so until you learn how to handle people when you're upset and when you feel slighted or whatever, I'm going to keep my distance. And I'm just not going to keep letting you use the excuse of, oh, you have this anger issue because of this experience you had growing up, or you, this is your innate reaction. You know, this yelling is your reaction because of this, or calling people names is your reaction because of that. Now that you are, right. you're aware that these are your re- responses because of these things, you know how to fix it or you should know how to fix it. I agree. I honestly think my mom has a lot of unresolved things with her own mother, but yeah, there's, there's just some stuff that I think she has to resolve within herself and with her own mother. And I think until that happens, until she unpacks everything she's been through, and that's another part that frustrates me. So again, I watch Red Table Talk often. I think I'm extremely jealous of the fact that Willow is Willow is able to sit there and listen to the stories that her mother to tell and learn so much about her mother life. And I think she understands her mother on a level that I will never understand my mother because I barely know my mother. I don't know. Like I said, I ask her when she lose her virginity and she flip on me and we never oh. talk about sex again. Like, I don't know what that experience was like for her. I don't know if she's experienced trauma like I have because we never talk about, literally my mother found out or she she's read hints of the fact that I was assaulted at some point in my life, wow. but we never had the conversation. My mother doesn't know who assaulted me, when it happened, how often she doesn't know because I'm not prepared to have that conversation with her because we don't have that type of relationship. I don't know much about my mom's dating life before my dad. Like, I know all it's very business. surface. I feel so blessed. <laughs> my mother, I know all <laughs> her business. Like, I know I have, like, that's one thing I love is like, because, you know, there's that duality. Like, on one side, it was trash, but on the other, I adore that I was able to sit down and have those kinds of conversations yeah. with my mother because it made me comfortable enough to share. Like, like if I meet a new man, okay, and I'm excited to kiki about it, when me and my mother are on good terms, it's like, oh, mommy, let me tell you about this fine dude I just meet. And, and let me tell you how I go climb his back. Like, I will have these kind of conversations with my mother because, like, she, she opened that door to, like, not make sex so taboo. Like, there was a boundary that she set. So we spoke about sex in a responsible way. Sex in a sense of like, hey, when you are sexually active, here's how you use condoms. Here's what you do to protect your body. You know, like we didn't start having like casual, like fun sex talks until I was like, I think I was probably done with college. Um, Yeah, it took a while for me to get comfortable having those conversations, but it wasn't because of her, it was because of me. But mm -mm, I know my mother business. I should know my business. Like we don't talk. You know? That's that's one thing I definitely still wish I had, but I kind of taking it now as I'm promising myself that if I have a daughter, she won't yeah. feel like that's missing. 
or when sex happens or whenever that point in her life comes, I don't want it to be like, like sex was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like <laughs> evil to me at some point. Like, I just thought me having sex was like making me the worst person in the world. I didn't know much about it. Yeah. I didn't know it. Like, my sex talk came from my best friends in high That's school why. because they were already having sex. Nah. Other 17, 18 year old girls were telling me what they and I was terrified to ever go to my mother to have that. I think when my mother realized I was having sex, I was legit an adult. And she was like, well, shit, it might as well right. be happening now. So yeah, that's that's a lot of the things I wanted to touch on in this episode is just how complex and complicated relationships with mothers can be. Um, and how even though people think the only issues that women can have our daddy issues sometimes it's I the wish other we had parent a male on this episode um, to talk about because yeah. a lot of toxic masculinity yeah. believe it or not comes from mothers comes from mothers a lot of it comes from mothers a lot of like a lot of men who are hella misogynistic it comes from mothers that and a lot of men who are expected to go into manly roles while they're still boys are put under a type of pressure yeah. from their mothers. I th- it's funny the other day I tell Stephen if I ever hear you tell my child that he is the man of the house, yeah. I will kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. And he was like, "Why?" I said, "Because you're literally telling a boy, a little boy, that he is the man of the house. Not only are you disrespecting my ass in that moment because I am the other adult in a room. So if you're not Period. here, I'm the damn man of the house." <laughs> like. Second of all, that's a boy. And I think so many women put pressure on their sons to take the place of the men who aren't there. And that's not okay. And that's a toxic relationship in and of itself. And they're not allowed vulnerability because they're required to be men while they're boys. Girl, this this could turn into a tangent. Like Honestly. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. In in order for the episode not to like end up being three hours, because yeah. we could talk for days, yeah. for days on this subject. Um, but I'm really curious to hear what everybody else has to say on this topic. Um, if you are listening to this episode when it comes out, I would love for you to share it on on your Facebook page and start a discussion. Tag the Girl Meets World page. Um, I really do want to know what types of relationships you guys have with your mothers. Um, and this is not necessarily to harp on I want to hear the good. possible because one of the things yeah. I love is seeing right and positive relationships with mothers and daughters. You know that and and two right. there can be duality. Like for example, I'm bringing up Jada Smith and and Willow again. They have a very good relationship, but now that you're watching this show, you can see that there are aspects of their relationships or parts of their relationships where Willow didn't feel as emotionally supported or there's just parts that's missing right. and that's okay. And I want any mother listening to this episode to understand all of the things we talked about, you might get scared and be like, yo, does my daughter secretly like right. feel she some might, type of way about me? She might. That does not mean that she loves me less. Like yeah. I said, I spoke about the things on the, uh, I spoke here about the things about my mom that I really don't care for, but I still go. I still go up for like how candid she was, how open and honest she was, how much she trusted me. Like you don't know how much 
that helped me. Like, that's one of the things I learned from my mother is trust. Like, I have so much trust in others because of the trust that I had growing up, you know? I love that, like, when me and my mother are on good terms, we we get along so well. Like, I love she bad. I love she bad. Yeah. But when she acting a fool, I'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> you go over there. Like, I ain't doing this for you, you know? Like, I, I learned a lot from my mother. I Now that I have, like, my own apartment and, you know, I have this role in taking care of other people or just certain things that I do and I do it really well. And people are like, wow, like, you're really quick or you know how to do certain things. Mama just, taught me. What's I know up? I got that from her. Right. And I appreciate that from her. And, like, I know if anybody else had raised me, I would not be who I am. So of course I love that about her, but there are also things that I could talk about, like I talked about in this episode and that's okay because everybody's human and nobody's perfect. So again, if you're listening to this episode ain't and you're a mom, you. nobody don't, don't panic. Just fix right, it. Don't panic. <laughs> Just understand that being a mother doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're mother Teresa. It means you're a human and you can make mistakes and, this, I hope, is an opportunity for you to have a conversation with your child and ask them if there's anything that they felt was missing from the relationship or anything they might want to just talk to you about. I hope this episode opens that conversation. And if I end up having an argument, don't blame don't me blame either. Hey, don't Isa. talk to me. Don't blame me. I wasn't even. I wasn't even here. Don't what blame anybody. <laughs> I take you out to therapy. Yes. Use your good up insurance and go to therapy. No, like. It's so good. I will forever be an advocate of of therapy, both for for couples, for family, individually, especially because there are certain things that you might feel you can't resolve with another person that you will sit in a therapist's office and resolve all for yourself without ever needing an apology from somebody else, without needing clarification. I've had a therapist literally tell me, why do you want your mother to say sorry to you? Why do you need it? I love my therapist. I was like, <laughs> yeah, my mother having her birthday party and I can just go and then I really didn't want to go. Just because I was just like, this is my last couple of days here. All my aunties finna be there. You know, all my mother friends. And it's just like, this party ain't for me. Like, I want to spend private time with my mother. But this is how she wants to celebrate her birthday fine. And my therapist was like, well, don't go. And I was like, I, I can't do that. And she was like, you don't have to go. You can. And yeah, I was like, can. no money gonna hurt her feelings. So she's like, do you care about her feelings? I said, yes, I do. She said, well, in that case, you figure out a way to make it work for you and her. So I was like, I'll go, but I'll only stay for an hour. And she was like, exactly. And I was like, bitch, you the baddest. Like, I love therapy. Because these people, <laughs> people are just like. You just need somebody yeah, else to put it into perspective because your emotions exactly. don't to allow you to. analytically. Yeah. She said, why is it important for you yeah. to go? And I was like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. So if her feelings matter to you, find a way to make it work for you both. I would, my dumbass would never be able to think of that. My emotions would be all over the place. And you think so much about how you assume somebody else is going to react. And therapy will literally Just sit know. there and tell you, like, why well, do you like, think the person is going to react that way? What clues has this person right. given you that they're going to react this way? Dang and you're just bitch. like... Damn, like bitch, you damn. know my therapist used to say to me a lot that i used Ooh. to just watch her and be like okay fine she's like that's none of your business like when i sit down here i start speculating and guessing and that's none of your business none of that listen there are so many thoughts to be had after this episode and i, I think wish we, could we, have a part we might need a part too, we have a part too. 
We might need a part two. We might need a male guest. We need a male guest. And we need somebody who, like, has nothing, who has, who feels like they've had the perfect relationship with their mom. Because there are some people who are just like, my mom is the bee's knees. She is the end all and be all, and she did nothing wrong. Yeah. And those people deserve to be highlighted. (laughs) Because I want to know, like, are you have questions? But if you have that that relationship where you have minimal to no issues whatsoever with your upbringing, God bless you. good for That's you. That's I plan for Diamond Let's Junior. Let's talk about it. I want Diamond Junior only beef to be with me to be that bitch too perfect. <laughs> That's I want Diamond Junior to feel about me. Yeah. At the very least, I needed to be like, I wanted these shoes for Christmas and she didn't get I wanted them to be, I wanted That's these it. shoes in half-white and she get them in eggshell. That's what I wanted to be. <laughs> Very minimal. Like minimal. I wanted to be like, I can't Mom stand be. how friggin' lit my mother be. Like, it make me feel inadequate as a human. You're damn right, you're inadequate because <laughs> I'm the baddest. I want my child to come home upset because her <laughs> friends think she lame because her how much she will come her. That's it. That's it. That's what I want. That's that's the one. That's the one. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> and on that note, yeah. <laughs> On that note, we are going to end this episode. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you right back here next Monday, every Monday, until I said not to. Like, if I if I said don't come back, then don't come back. But if I said next Monday, come back. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Diamond, thank you so much for being my first guest. Peace in these streets. Peace. And you can follow Diamond where? Where can they find you? Instagram. Just search for Diamond Ritter. And the account Noah Diamonds will pop up. Yes. Okay. Well, you heard it from Diamond herself. And I will see you guys next week. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory. And is a proud member of the Kickin' It family. Find us on all social media platforms at GoodUpPod. Use hashtag GoodUpTuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash goodup podcast.